0: Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at
1: Total Wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Season 1 of The Sandwich Universe is brought to you by Cabot Creamery. peanut butter and jelly,
0: grilled cheese,
1: pastrami,
0: tuna salad, the Sandwich Universe.
1: Welcome back to the Sandwich Universe, a place where everything is a sandwich.
0: And a sandwich is everything. I mean, literally everything is a sandwich here.
1: Oh, oh, in this particular little (laughs) space. Yes. (laughs) Once we leave these closets, maybe less so. (laughs) Um, We're recording in closets for those of you who can't see us, which is all of you. Anyway, I'm Molly Baz. I am a professional chef, although I kind of hate to call myself that. I'm also a cookbook author. Um, and I am joined here by my friend Declan Bond.
0: Hey, everyone. I am, as I've said before, a self proclaimed sandwich critic and lover. I'm not a chef; I represent the civilian sandwich enthusiast
1: of which there are many, mostly
0: yeah, that's it's the it's honestly the 99%. most of the population is you,
1: <laughs> yeah. And so together we are here on a mission to learn all there is to learn and explore all there is to explore about 10 iconic American deli sandwiches. We've hit a couple of them already, but today we have a very special episode because this might be our joint favorite sandwich. Am I right?
0: I mean, second to the BLT probably is one of the faves. I mean... It's a heavy
1: hitter. It really is. And if you don't already know, it's the Italian hoagie, hero, grinder. Uh, What are the other ones, Declan?
0: Bucky, Garibaldi, Blimpy, Wet Wedge. Some people call this a wedge sandwich. What
1: the hell? Honestly, there's one million names for this sandwich, but generally speaking, it's the Italian. We'll, we'll just call it that. And we're very excited for this episode. So without further ado... The Italian sandwich. What do we have to say about this guy?
0: The first thing that comes to mind when you say Italian sandwich is like yum. A sandwich like explosion. It's the biggest,
1: most behemoth sandwich.
0: like sandwich mountain. It's it's pure mass. Uh, I think of like
1: it's so indulgent.
0: Yeah, and like at the end of it, you're always you know you're struggling through the last bites but they're too delicious to not not go in for um it has this like just just scooby doo style like enormity and it's it's the sandwich you go for when you are just dying of hunger at the at the deli i go to uh in LA it's like you wait for an hour it feels like and that's kind of just right because you need to build that level of of you know anxious enthusiasm and hunger for it because it's so mass
1: it's everyone's favorite sandwich
0: if it's not then you haven't had a good one that's that's how i feel about it it's it's that kind of sandwich. i feel that
1: here's the thing that i think is the struggle with the italian sandwich i think a lot of times people people find that the versions they make at home are not as spectacular as the versions that they find out at Italian delis and the like. And so I think what we should really explore today is how do we make the best version of that sandwich at home within reason? Um, because this is a podcast for home cooks.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the Italian is, is actually good for that because there's no like special uh, cooking or technique that you really need. It's, it's all about just like the perfect assembly. And if you can get the perfect assembly An ingredient and, and ingredients, and if you can get that right, I feel like you're you're home free. Um, and of course, gold leaf uh, on your bread.
1: Okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, you're such a bouger. Okay. Um, one thing I feel like we need to acknowledge before we before we take some questions is just like, what the hell is going on with all of these names?
0: It's wild. It's
1: really wild. There
0: are so many names. I did a tiny bit of looking up of some of these names just to see if I could wrangle a bit of an explanation. And I'll just run through them. Okay. The sub, obviously an abbreviation for the submarine, obviously a submarine shape. Hero, apparently, uh, way back when, someone published something that said you had to be a hero to eat it because it was so big. Oh, I love that. Similarly, the hoagie, apparently in Philly. Uh, was based on a hoggy, which was, you had to be a hog to eat a sandwich that big, which then in the Philly accent became hoagie. Mm-hmm. A grinder was named because of the toothsomeness that became, you know, iconic of having to chew your way through such a massive sandwich.
1: And um, some of that bread, which we can talk about of that, Yeah, that,
0: that chewy, tough that bread. That chewy-ass bread. Uh, a Spucky uh, short for a spucadella, which is, Ooh, a does guess, an mean? Italian roll. I don't know. It's some kind of Italian roll.
1: Okay, I'm just looking this up right now. Hold on. The spucadella is an Italian-American bread roll that has a long pointed shape. It's used in the preparation of the spucky sandwich. So it looks like a hoagie roll. It's just a different term for the roll, basically. Well, it's the bread. Are. It refers to the bread, the pointy-ass bread. Go on.
0: Okay, so in Wisconsin... Apparently they go by Garibaldi sandwiches or a Garibaldi. In not gonna lie, I've never heard that. In Hoboken, you can get a Blimpy, which is apparently after a chain yep. Blimpy sandwiches. You don't fuck
1: with Blimpy. Uh, which
0: actually that rings a bell. Yeah, come on, dude. Um, in the Midwest, there's the Dagwoods, which is after a comic book character. I didn't go that deep, but uh, apparently there's a comic book character. Uh, and finally, in like the Northeast, you can get a wedge, which is based on the diagonal cut of the sandwich in the middle, which creates like a sharp
1: wedge. Oh, I love that. I've never heard of that. The Italian wedge. The Italian wedge, wedge sandwich. Me. So basically, there are one million names for the sandwich, but if we could just like quickly define what I think we're all kind of getting at here, this is a sandwich that is obviously between two slices of bread or a uh, or a slice of bread that's been cut at least uh, three-quarters of the way through. And it is comprised of several cured cold cuts, usually pork.
0: Yeah, it's got to be pork.
1: It has occasionally has cheese on it, and we're going to talk about that later on, I think, because I kind of have a lot of feelings about it. And it generally has some kind of lettuce, slaw, pickled, veg kind of topper situation on it. But generally speaking, it's meats, cheeses, pickly things, and some kind of red wine or vinegary vinaigrette that's tying it all together on a long ovular shaped piece of bread. Correct?
0: Yeah, I think that that sums it up.
1: Okay, so why don't we pivot now and take some questions from the people so we can get to the bottom of this iconic sandwich. Let's do it. We will be right back after this to take some of your questions. Special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Cabot Creamery, who makes some of my favorite cheese in America. And it happens to be lactose free. We are back. Declan, are you ready for some questions from the peeps? I'm
0: ready. I'm ready to to dig in.
1: Here's one that came in from at Super Kelly Fragilistic. What's up, Molly and Declan? Okay, so I'm a fan of spice on a sandwich, and I'm wondering what you would add that wouldn't overwhelm an Italian sub but would give it that nice kick. Are you going, you know, Calabrian chili move, maybe a pickled pepper, or is it going to be some kind of special sauce? And then if so, how much you're adding and where it's going in that layering process? Okay. This is one that we feel really strongly about because we've made several Italian sandwiches together in our day. And... I would say the biggest takeaway from all of those sandwiches is basically like more spice, more spice, more pickle, more spice.
0: Absolutely. I think the one of the greatest parts about an Italian sandwich is the pickled pepper thing that you can do with it and the acidity. I mean, we've talked about it before. Acidity in a sandwich is like almost always the thing that a sandwich, you know, misses and in an yep. Italian, you kind of have that problem solved de facto by a having spicy pickled pepper things, and b uh, obviously the red wine vinaigrette yeah. um, that just dresses the whole whole number.
1: I also feel like when it comes to the question of how do I make a really good version of an Italian sandwich at home, this is where you can really thrive so even if you can't get your hands on like the world's greatest most coveted cured meats which would be great and would definitely help you out you if you spend a lot of time and attention on the condiments and the pickly spicy kind of like slaw situation that's going on top of them you can move mountains with that I would say and it doesn't have to be an expensive endeavor in fact oftentimes I find like the kind of like Run of the mill pepperoncini, or like the very accessible jar of jardinera that you see in a lot of delis and a lot of grocery stores, is the best tool for the job. There's a lot of meat and fat and bread for all of that to cut through. Like if you think about the cross section of an Italian sandwich and how there's like oftentimes like an inch and a half of meat that's just fat and protein, and then there's cheese on top of that. And then there's oil and sometimes there's mayonnaise. And so the spicy, pickly, relishy situation is really serving a purpose in this sandwich. So spend a lot of time on that.
0: Yeah. I will say one specific thing that I didn't know about that you taught me about, mall was Calabrian chili. And this is a, a special uh secret ingredient. It's not it's not the run-of-the-mill jardinera. It's not just a pepperoncini. It's not just a pickled jalapeno, which are all great, as as we said, but Calabrian chili is weird and funky and and really potent. And it's actually one of the few uh spicy elements that you can add that you can probably add too much of. Like we had one sandwich where we added so much because it's it's really delicious and then we just like totally you know bombed our palate and and it was like almost inedible but in the right quantity just a little you know a few little you know swipes uh, a calabrian chili paste is really Yeah special. and for those
1: of you who are not familiar calabrian chili paste is basically It's like a spready kind of finely chopped chili condiment that is made of, I think, dried and rehydrated chilies that kind of get fermented. And so they're vinegary and they're oily and they have this like fermenty funk to them that you don't get from something like a just straight up pickled pepperoncini. Um, And they're bright red and you'll find them in Italian markets. Um, And yeah, they're really, really potent. And so I think it's like use those sparingly and then go hard on like kind of the more uh, down the middle things like pepperoncini and giardiniera. Someone actually asked me um, what the, what I think the best giardiniera is on the market. And so giardiniera is just like a mixed Italian pickle. And there's a brand that I really love called Marconi that Declan you've had, we've had this together before. It has like a red and yellow label, yeah, yeah. really spicy. It's really pickly, but it's also packed in oil. So it's kind of like already dressed and, for me, this is the only giardiniera, yeah. honestly. And if,
0: by the way, if you get a sandwich from a deli, just do yourself a favor and pick up a whole entire jar of giardiniera on the 100%. side. hundred percent. eat those things side by That's side. That's the baller Bite move. for bite. Yes. All right. Here's a great one. This is an important question. Uh, it's from at Flip Silk. And they say, mayo or nah?
1: <laughs> Braw brah um (laughs) Um,
0: which i think is it kind of gets to the heart of the matter really Ma, what do you think
1: okay i need to share something until one month ago i was parading around (laughs) being like mayonnaise on italian sandwiches only everybody's doing it wrong it needs mayonnaise there's not enough fat it's always dry bloody bloody blah yada yada yada." like i was on a tirade about mayonnaise Until you and I spent a day making Italian sandwiches. And I realized that what I needed was not mayonnaise. What I needed was a more heavily dressed sandwich overall. And that the mayonnaise is actually kind of interfering with what makes that sandwich so glorious. So I've entirely flipped the script. And I now believe nah. (laughs)
0: Um, I don't completely agree. I think mayo on an Italian can be glorious. And I think it comes down to whether or not you're going to use cheese, um, because if you're not using cheese, I do think that that the the mayo adds some nice creaminess to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're using a cheese, which probably should be provolone, and there probably shouldn't be more than one of them, just in case you're you know thinking too big and wanting to put multiple types of cheese on there. Um, I think that mayo can serve uh, in that context. And if you aren't using, or there, if you are using, you know, a cheese to kind of give a little bit of creaminess to it, then you definitely don't need mayo. Mayo is forbidden.
1: I definitely feel that. There's something that just feels a little wrong about it, honestly, overall. But I do want to talk about the cheese question with you because I'm not convinced that provolone is additive to an italian sandwich i think it's classic i think it's traditional and nostalgic and i i get it but have you ever eaten a slice of provolone and been like damn let me get another slice of that
0: no uh the the answer is no however i can't deny that like when i think about an italian sandwich i it does kind of like it, it it does Appear in that sandwich, and and the reason again is because it gives this like mellow, soft flavor that helps integrate all the other you know elements. And there's so much acid. I mean, we talked about it's like a heavily acidic sandwich, and if you just have super acidic and super fatty and you know, uh, you know, cured meats, salty, savory cured meats, sometimes a little something to meld it all together. In the form of something like a provolone, I don't know what else you could do.
1: May I offer an alternative? Please, I think that the cheese in the Italian sandwich should enter the conversation in the form of grated Parm. Wow! And it should be incorporated into the lettucey pickly s- slaw salady wow. situation. That's going on top. I mean,
0: this is a tough suggestion for me because you know you're preying on a, a weakness of mine, which is I love Parmesan cheese. And yeah,
1: and so does everyone <laughs> in the world, and nobody loves provolone. So like I'm preying on the world. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: do you feel me or do you feel me?
0: I, I could be convinced of that. The only reason I wouldn't be convinced, of course, is because it's it's quite sharp and it doesn't have that creamy uh, you know not melty but you know meldiness that you know round, mellow mel, mild-ness. mellowiness yeah but maybe we just achieved that with mayo although you just renounced mayo publicly i
1: just don't think it's necessary i think that parm is fatty and nutty and sharp and cheesy and it's kind of got everything that that provolone doesn't sorry provolone <laughs> like i've loved you a lot in your life honestly i've eaten a lot of you but if i'm really thinking objectively about the future of this sandwich. I feel like parm has a seat at the table and I feel like provolone might not.
0: Okay. I think this is a battle I might I might have to cede to parmesan.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're losing already. <laughs> you love it. Okay, on to the next.
0: Here's a good one. It's from uh I L
1: I L Jr. Esucci. Of all the Italian meats out there, what in your opinion is the must-have combination? for the ultimate Italian sando.
0: I mean, I wish I had a a just off-the-cuff immediate answer, but I think I need to talk my way through this one. There's a
1: lot. Here's what it is. There's the cooked meats and there's the cured meats. The cured meats are taking like a piece of pork and and basically cooking it by curing it and salt and other things. And those are the prosciutto, serrano hams, salamis, soppressatas of the world. And then there's the cooked meats, which are like a cooked ham, Or mortadella is also a cook, it's like a poached meat. And so those tend to be less funky, a little bit like more mild. And so for me, it's all about the the like the the beauty of an Italian sandwich is kind of blending those all together. Mm -hmm. My preference normally is to do one or two funky cured meats and then one cooked meat. And when we talk about cooked meats, I'm really only... We're talking about
0: mortadella. Yeah, I
1: mean, let's be real. Morty (laughs) D is the king of the... Like, bologna is king. And mortadella is just fancy-ass bologna. I love mortadella. Is that what it is? Yes.
0: But what is bologna? I mean, I feel like... It's pork meat that's been
1: emulsified with its own fat and then poached, like, in a water bath until it's basically like a sliceable hot dog.
0: God, I love this. I love
1: it. Yeah, I mean it's And then you it, put a little
0: pistachio, a little shavings Yeah, you in there. like
1: fleck it with some pistachios Oof. and then charge mm. like 29.99 a pound <laughs> for it.
0: <laughs> Sign me up.
1: So to answer your question sir, I would say or actually ma'am, I don't know who you are. Um I think mortadella has a place on the Italian sandwich. Uh absolutely, like that's yeah, not yeah, in question. Absolutely. And then I feel like I always try and add a a salami, mm-hmm. so Generally, for me, that's like a calabrese salami or soprassata or some kind of spicy salami because I like to get a little bit of heat in there in the form of the meat. So, you know, if you only can get Genoa salami, that's fine. Dial up your heat somewhere else, but make sure there's a salami in there because the salami brings an undeniable funk, Mm -hmm. I would say. And then there's like, is it a copa ham or is it a, um, prosciutto,
0: is it a prosciutto is
1: it a Is it a serrano brazaola like all of these things i'm actually not like the biggest prosciutto fan in general
0: prosciutto tough because it, it also affects the eatability of the sandwich it's stringy it can get ri- if it's not cut extra 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 fine it can become just like uh you know you get Strings of it pulling out, it definitely will get caught in like a molar. And that like is a lasting issue for months.
1: (laughs) Months. Yeah, I agree with that. And so and for some reason, like just a regular ass cooked sliced ham doesn't really hold its weight in this sandwich. And so my inclination is always to do a capicola. It's got a little bit of like prosciutto vibes in terms of its like translucency and saltiness. But um, but it's it's a very far cry from like a standard American sliced ham. And I think the trifecta for me is capicola, some kind of salami, preferably spicy soppressata and then morning yeah,
0: I'm on board with all those things.
1: This is from at flowers for my brain. Listen, I need my bread to stop getting soggy. S.O.S this feels urgent. (laughs) Like I am stressed. I'm sweating. We need to help a sister out. I feel her because when we were talking about BLTs, people were asking us how to avoid the SOG situation with the BLT. And your reply to that was, you should eat your BLT so fucking fast that it doesn't even get soggy. (laughs) I hear that. I don't feel like that's the case for the Italian. I feel like it's just not. It's just a monster of a sandwich. It takes just a freaking feasible, minute to really. get through it. And so I do <laughs> think that Sog Fest is like a real issue that we should discuss. One thing that you can do, and this is by no means traditional, but is to, in the same way kind of that we, we talked about the construction and the architecture of the BLT, but is to line the sandwich with some of the cured meats as a bit of a barrier And so so that it sort of protects the bread from the insane red wine vinegar jardinera drip sog situation. So putting a thin layer of salami on the top piece and a thin layer on the bottom and then dressing the salad and throwing it in the middle with the rest of the meats and cheeses and jardinera could be an option.
0: Yeah, it's counterintuitive because when you think about uh, an Italian, you think about that like that layer of meat and it's all you know, three or whatever number of meats that you have stacked up together. And they're kind of totally. like creating the bottom layer of of a sandwich that rises high with the, the you know, shredded lettuce and, and all the other things. But I do like this solution a lot. It, it works if you're not counting on the bread to absorb a bunch of the red wine vinegar and dressing, which mm-hmm. I think we've talked about before should be Primarily focused on the actual lettuce itself.
1: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times you'll go to a deli and what will happen is they'll, okay, so they'll split open the roll, cut it in two sides. They'll throw red wine vinegar and olive oil on both sides of the roll and then they'll start with the meat and then the cheese and then they'll put undressed iceberg lettuce, pepperoncini, etc. maybe some black pepper on top, close it all up. And it's like the actually the bread is getting dressed in that situation, not the lettuce. And what we really need to be dressing is the lettuce because it's basically just like a spicy salad, slaw that's going on top. And so if we just sort of like rejigger where the oil and vinegar are going, focus them on the the iceberg which needs the support and needs the the like seasoning and the flavor then we avoid just dousing our bread in things that are sogging it out out the gates
0: yeah it also it increases like the transportability of the the italian too because i like an italian on a picnic i like like taking an italian to the beach
1: oh and my god italian at the beach freaking I mean, forget about come
0: it on, forget come on forget about a little san Pally?
1: Yeah, and then honest, <laughs> and then you're so full, and then you go into the water, Ugh. and somehow the water like helps you, wash you digest. You away. Yes, you wash and you get out of the water, and you're right like, anybody away. ready for another sandwich? <laughs> like you've digested. <laughs> the best. Oh, man. So yeah, I would say that. I would say just think about think about where your where the sauce is going on your sandwich, and where does it really need to be? There's one more question that I do want to answer from at Princey Kim. Do you have any techniques to prevent the back and spillage that happens when eating a sandwich? This is the plight of the Italian sando. Depending on it's, the bread... It's, a,
0: it's an age-old question.
1: I'm kind of of the persuasion that it's just like, it's kind of what you're in for with an Italian.
0: You're going to slip.
1: Like, you're going to get a little <laughs> bit of slip. I yeah. do, though, think that in terms of... If we're talking about making Italian sandwiches at home, which is what we're talking about, the one thing you can absolutely do to help kind of keep things tight and contained is to wrap your sandwich in parchment paper, which may sound simple and rudimentary, but how often are you actually wrapping your sandwiches in paper when you're eating them at home? Probably not that often. Yeah,
0: or any paper, like foil, like whatever it is. Foil works.
1: Wax paper, like whatever you have.
0: Wax paper is good. Printer paper, honestly, toilet
1: paper, Uh, paper towels.
0: (laughs) No, not toilet paper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, toilet paper would dissolve effect. uh, But just in general, like you just want a little bandage. Like you just kind of want to keep it nice and tight.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I feel like
1: that will like really make a big difference Mm -hmm. in terms of that spillage. And then it's a matter of bread, which like a hoagie roll is just a chewy kind of bread for the
0: most yeah. part yeah and that's just gonna mean that you're not when you're when your teeth sink in they're gonna just like hit this like like stretchy chewy Berry. barrier that isn't yeah. gonna want to break right away and they're gonna have to really you know um i think another thing i mean if you know your, your hoagie should always be cut and i don't think you should really eat a hoagie full you know full on oh so my God.
1: has anyone ever done that eaten like 12 <laughs> just, <you know. laughs> inch so he just like gnawing no at cut. it like a carrot <laughs> it's kind of stressful
0: um, but anyways I mean I guess it depends on how big your hands are actually but I feel like part of it is just in the hold like you gotta yeah. hold it you gotta cradle your, totally. your Italian in a way Get that
1: comfortable with the cradle
0: and and this is my problem has more been once I've got a hold of my my Italian sandwich. I've got both hands on it. And now I can't pick up my drink because I've taken a bite or two. I've got the sandwich. I can't let go because if I do, we're falling all over the the picnic table.
1: It's so true. It's take a sip before you start eating, (laughs) eat your entire sandwich, and then chug your drink (laughs) at the end. Like there's no breaks happening. And then you're also like slurping up the juices that run down your arms. And that's, I mean, that's the Italian. Sorry. Yeah. It's part of the glory. That's why we love it.
0: All right, so I feel like we've talked about a lot of different aspects of the sandwich. We're pretty close.
1: I'm pretty clear on the sandwich we want to make.
0: Let's build our sandwich. Okay.
1: We're going to do a hoagie roll because that is kind of part of the definition or a submarine roll or whatever you want to call it. It's
0: it's what's needed. Like, there's no ciabatta. Oh, my or, God. Fuck ciabatta. You, uh, you know, focaccia or anything for the Italian. It, it, it has
1: to be it just a is. long
0: submarine-shaped
1: roll. 100%. Meats. I think we landed on this. We want to do spicy soppressato or a calabrese salami so like a spicy salami we want to do capicola we want to do mortadella we feel like or at least i feel like that's the trifecta
0: yeah i i like that that lineup
1: okay great then let's talk about the topper if there's going to be cheese and what the ratios are going to be i would like to hear your thoughts
0: okay first of all uh i think that tomatoes are in question do tomatoes go on Italian? And I really think that the answer is are they in season or not? If they're not in season, it's okay to go without. Um I, I think another question that comes up is onions. Mm. And I think I think onions are, yeah. are great. I really Hell like yeah.
1: onion. I'm very thinly, so thinly sliced. Thinly. Like paper thin. A red onion, yeah? Yeah. I'm feeling like the shaved red onion is getting tossed in with our shredded iceberg lettuce, which is yes. you know, the the Bulk of our salad slaw, yeah. Portion.
0: I'm also, uh, as we've talked through this episode, I've just like fully come around to parmesan. I like, I really like the idea.
1: Wow, <laughs>
0: you've you've got me. This is uh,
1: huge, big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's do that. Let's do that in the in the slaw as well.
1: Okay. So here's what I'm thinking because I feel like sometimes what happens with an Italian is like it there it becomes s- fragmented into so many parts that it's like no wonder it's all falling apart because you're trying to put like eight different layers of ingredients on a sandwich. And so my feeling is obviously we're going to put our th- our three meats um, on the bottom and maybe a protective layer on the top to re- to preserve the bread. But then I think what we should do is just make like a big delicious bowl of iceberg jardinera slaw. And that will include the shaved red onions. It will include like... Big piles of jardinera, lots and lots of iceberg, like more than you think is appropriate. Probably cut an entire head of iceberg up for two for two sandwiches because it decreases in volume so massively once under under pressure and with with acidity. And then we'll add parm to that. And then we just make a really delicious, like almost like too too delicious and too acidic and too tasty salad, and that will top our meat and cheese optional portion.
0: I love it. It's it's so simple. It's it's basically a ham sandwich with slaw.
1: Yes. And here's the final thing to debate here the ratio of slaw to meat before the top piece of bread goes on.
0: I mean I, I go pretty aggressive here um, on slaw. I think it's like a pre suppression, like pre you know compression. It is almost like a 90 10 like we're really
1: yeah it's either a 90 yeah. 10 or an 80 20 and that remains to be seen and we will figure that out but it's like you you, you just can't underestimate how much that's going to fall and wilt and compress and and if you think about that cross-section of the sandwich you really want it to be 50 50 if not a little bit more in favor of the slaw, and it loses a lot of volume. So bear that in mind as you're building your sandwiches.
0: Epic. think. I think this is also gonna solve a lot of the problems of the slippage. Like I just think it's a much more manageable portable edible. Totally. It's two it's things. It's
1: like two things. Honestly. And maybe we'll maybe we'll do a little like a dotting I of colaboration chili we should, on the on the bread.
0: It. Yeah, on the bread is nice, like under the we protective well. sheath of uh, of kappa.
1: Yeah. It's not wet. It's pretty pasty. I feel really good about this sandwich, and I genuinely cannot wait to eat it. I'm starving.
0: All right, let's go shopping and uh, come back and make some brilliant Italian sandwiches.
1: Brilliant. There'll be nothing short of brilliant.
0: Okay, let's just chop some lettuce quick.
1: And I'm going to use a lot of iceberg, honestly. Yeah, we need big I'm going to do of the head for like two sandwiches. I don't even know if that's enough, honestly. Can you cut that onion while I'm doing this? Yeah, do you have a mandolin? Why don't you let the pro do it? An amateur chopping his hands, <laughs> his fingers <laughs> off. Okay, I'm gonna add a few big scoops of jardinera right into the slaw. And here we have lots of grated parmigiano reggiano. Mmm. Keep going. I like a really black peppery. Yeah. I mean, everything really. Okay, that's good. Salt. Like I'm oh already in on God. this. Oh Face wanna... plant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we put the salami on, I'm gonna swath. Each side with a little bit of clobbery and chili gentle paste. Gentle
0: now. It's, Don't be too yeah, wild.
1: Not too aggressive. It's pungent. Yeah.
0: Salami goes down. Both sides. Both sides.
1: You start grabbing that Morty D.
0: Morty D. And I
1: like to kind of pile it like in a ribbon-y mm, sort of just you know. A nice little, mountains. mortadella mountains. A
0: little gentle mm. draping.
1: And then I'm just gonna pile on this here slaw. Like, when I say hit. 90% to 10%, I mean it. Grab me a peli.
0: Okay. All right, I'm tucking in.
1: Tuck in, cheers. Damn. Big takeaways for the Italian sandow?
0: Simplify your Italian sando.
1: Got the prove. Add the parm, and dress the shit out of that iceberg lettuce. And lots of heat. Spice. Boom. We will see you back here next week for another episode of The Sandwich Universe.
0: Thanks again to Cabot Creamery, our presenting sponsor. Cora Lee for producing our podcast. And Jeffrey Brodsky for the theme music.
1: Please like, subscribe, and follow or whatever you have to do so you don't miss another episode. See you next week.
0: See ya.